Welcome to the worship of God. We are still in Christmas and we're celebrating Epiphany this morning, the manifestation of Jesus Christ to the world. And we'll uh, have a processional in a moment. We're still at the manger. We still have our nativity scene out. The baby Jesus is still in his crib. We'll come bringing our gifts in a moment. And we'll sing uh, a hymn appropriate to Epiphany 185, We Three Kings of Orient Are. And as we sing, let's stand together.
join me now in the litany of invitation and confession. We come to celebrate Epiphany and the many ways God is present in our lives. We remember that Jesus was born in a stable. Angels sang of his birth. Shepherds came to visit him. The Magi followed a star to find him. The spirit of Epiphany surrounds us with mystery. Sisters and brothers, though we lack patience, God does not. God has forgiven us and gives us stamina for the road ahead. Let us lift our voices in praise to God. Welcome again to the worship of God at Northside Drive Baptist Church. I'm so delighted you're here worshiping with us. I want to give a warm welcome especially to any visitors with us this morning. We'd invite you to fill out some information that's on the edge of your order of worship. You can place that in the offering plate when they come around later in the service. And on that same sheet, if you have any prayer concerns, our staff would be privileged and honored to pray for you and those that you'd like us to know about on our Tuesday staff meeting. You can write that on the uh, same sheet and put that in the offering plate as well. Well, it's a new year, isn't it? 2020, and we are still in Christmas liturgically, even though we probably, most of us, put up the Christmas tree and put up the Christmas lights. We still gather around the manger, and we had two of the Magi. One had called in sick, I think. Come to observe the Christ child. And the theme of today's service, at least as I've seen it through the scriptures and the song that we have, is light, the light of Christ, the manifestation of, of God's light through Jesus Christ. So be looking and listening for light in the service. We're blessed with light, natural light, aren't we, after so many days of rain. From Isaiah and the Magi story in Matthew, and then the text that I'll be preaching from, which is Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, be listening for light. And so may light through Jesus Christ come to you as we worship this morning through word and through song and through spirit. The light of God has come to the people of God. It will be celebrated near and far. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. 
for darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from far away and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come, and they shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Here ends the first lesson. And now let's say our prayers together. God of starlight, we praise and adore you for breaking into the darkness of this world with the glorious light of your presence, a light which made your love for the world visible in the baby born in Bethlehem, a light which guided those gift-bearing travelers from afar to find and worship the Christ child, and a light that still beckons to us today, 2,000 years later. So in this day, may we, like the wise men, follow your light. Like they who found their way to worship the Christ child, may your light lead us to worship you today, not out of a sense of obligation or uninspired habit, but because we deeply long to encounter you. And in worshiping you, may you sing to us your peace, offer us your grace, and inspire us to live with hope. May we, like the wise men, be filled with awe by having been in your presence today. And like the wise men who brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, may we bring to you our best gifts. Because we have been given much, in this new year may we resolve to be grateful people who give back to you with glad and generous hearts. May we give to you the gift of time, for we know, O oh God, that in spending time with you, our souls are fed. May we give to you the gift of our talents, for in sharing our unique talents, we contribute to the richness and diversity that graces our world. And may we give to you the gift of our money, for in giving our tithes, we are inspired to be more open-hearted and open-handed in following your call to charity and in active love. And finally, like the wise men, may your light call us to new ways of living. Scripture tells us that after worshiping the Christ child, the wise men return to their homes a different way. So in this new year, O oh God, may we not return to our homes, our work, our schools, our neighborhoods the same old way. May we be more loving, more patient, more gentle, more peaceful, and more grateful. May we be indeed different people because the light of Christ has shined upon us. In your most holy name we pray. Amen.
Paul reveals God's plan that we are all one in Christ Jesus, a reading from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, for surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. Here ends the second lesson. like to invite all the children to come forward at this time. We'll gather right up here. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. All right. I'm, oh, Leah. You okay, sweetie? I'm I know. You're running with your offering. Right here. Pastor Daniel has a plate. Okay. If you have your offering, you can put it in the plate right here by Pastor Daniel. Leach, you got yours, sweetie? Put it right there. Right there in that plate. Very good. All right. Good morning, everyone. Did you have good holidays? It's good to see you today. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I have a few things to hold. Do anybody want to uh, help me with these? Come here, Jolene. Come hold these. Hold these magi for us. Sometimes we say magi. Sometimes we say magi. We, those are the three kings. Hold those up so that everybody can see them. So we got three of them. <clears throat> and then, Leah, what do you have? a star so in our story today there there are three they say wise men or magi so kings and they came from where were they from the same place as jesus no they came from the east and so that kind of meant far away so they came from this far away place but they came to see jesus and how did they know where he was they looked for the star well, it could have been just any old star. How did they know that this star was something that they needed to follow? How did they know? Right, Francis? It was the biggest, and the biggest and the brightest, something brand new. And I think maybe, just maybe, they looked at, see, they were very wise, so they were very smart. Maybe they looked at that big, bright, new star, and they said to themselves, ooh, this is something new. I think. I think maybe I'm going to pay attention to it. And I think maybe they thought it was holy. And so they followed it. And what did they find when they went there? Who did they find? Look back here. Who did they find? Baby Jesus with his mother Mary. And what did they do when they got there? 
they brought him gifts, but they bowed down and they worshipped him, didn't they? You know that one? Why do you think they did that? Just because of the star? Just because of, let's let's, let's slide to one. Just because of this baby? Well, he just looked like any baby, right? How did they know? How did they know? I think something in their hearts whispered to them about this star, about this baby, about his mother holding him, that this, this was a king who was new and holy. And so they listened to their hearts and their wise heads, and they paid attention to that new baby that they saw. And they brought these very special gifts. Y'all hold these up. Our gold and our frankincense and our myrrh, they brought these special things because they knew, I think, that this child was a special one. And we know that he's special, right? He's Jesus. He's our Savior. And he's come to save the world. So this year, let's pay attention to all the new holy things that we might see around us. How do you know they're holy? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how exactly the wise men knew. But I think that they listened and they looked and they paid attention. And when they did, I think they knew what Jesus was and what holy was. So let's try and be wise like them, okay? Let's put our gifts right back here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's have a prayer. Dear God, thank you for wisdom and thank you for the gift of Jesus. Help us to pay attention to the holy that is all around us every day in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go, guys. Thank you. Can I hand me those keys? Oh, thank you. All right, let's go with Miss Mary Lou. Yeah, you can. You want to give it to me? We'll take it all out here. Come on. We're going to take it off. You just slide it off.
the epiphany of the wise men, a reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophets, saying, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go also and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left their, to their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. I have been encouraged this week by reading the words that you heard read this morning from Ephesians by the Apostle Paul and looking for the light of Epiphany. So I'd like to preach about that light this morning. Now, all week long I've been saying Happy New Year to people that I encounter. Some of you I may have said in the hallway, Happy New Year. That's what you're supposed to say. And this new year was happy for me. I was in good health with family, nothing really to complain about. But events that happened in the world made me realize that for the global community, it wasn't so much a happy new year, was it? We all have things that we read about in the news which weigh on our souls. But here are a few which have weighed on me. On the last Sabbath before Hanukkah ended, an anti-Semite barged into a rabbi's home in New York where a group was celebrating Hanukkah. He burst in with a knife and he attacked several in attendance there worshiping. And this came during a year when synagogues have been attacked. Jewish cemeteries were defaced with swastikas. Orthodox women are attacked on public streets in New York and a shooter attacked a synagogue in California. So 2019, at the very end, ended with the terrifying promise of more anti-Semitic violence. And then meanwhile, as you all know about, if you've turned on the TV or read newspapers, across the ocean there's an entire continent, Australia, which is on fire. 
my, I have some friends that live in Australia and they're writing there on social media about the unbearable air quality there, the masses of people that are crowded onto beaches having fled their homes. Have you seen the pictures? The orange haze and the smoke drifting for hundreds of kilometers. The sky has turned apocalyptic blood red in the southeast region of Australia where the fires have grown most intense. The Australian novelist Richard Flanagan wrote in the New York Times this week that Australia's glorious Great Barrier Reef is dying. Its world heritage rainforests are burning. Its giant kelp forests have largely vanished and, and numerous towns have run out of water or about to and now the vast continent is burning on a scale never before seen, he writes. And climate scientists have been warning us for years that the seasonal wildfires will grow in intensity and danger because of higher temperatures. The Prime Minister of Australia responded to the crisis by renewing his support for the country's coal companies. Yes, 2020 has arrived which might or might not bring another war in the Middle East. As we were singing Prince of, Pre of Peace during Handel's Messiah a few weeks ago, the princes of the world were planning for violence. You know, we've seen this tape before. I believe the human race may have run out of ideas in 2020. This has weighed me down. And no doubt you have things that have weighed you down. Maybe it's a different list things that make you anxious and that threaten to extinguish the light. And if you're like me, you are in need of the light of epiphany. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians that you heard read, he is bubbling over with enthusiasm about the light of epiphany. That is the antidote that we need. Paul really believed that Jesus was alive and fully present in his life. And the reason Paul was so radical in his belief was because he had directly experienced epiphany. Jesus, after all, had appeared to him on that road to Damascus. The source of all light had come directly to him on that road. And it was so bright that he became blind for a season of time. And when he was able to see again, he could only see one thing, the light of Jesus. He began to see Christ manifest in every little thing he did. In the trials and suffering, in his joy and affliction, he saw that Christ was alive. And I think that what made Paul sense that Christ was alive more than anything was that in Jesus, the whole global community had been unified. They were all one in Christ Jesus. This was the big secret that he was shouting from the mountaintops that he writes about in Ephesians. He says, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Now, we have had 2,000 years to dull our imagination and forget how radical those words really are. Paul believed for the first part of his life that only Paul and people like him who were righteous would receive an inheritance from God. That was his belief, and it's written about in the New Testament. Only a select few would be heirs. But the epiphany that Paul received was that the whole world was now part of the same family. He says we are all heirs to the same inheritance. 
All people have become one in Christ Jesus. And this life-changing insight was that the whole cosmos had been unified. This was not the result of Paul's rabbinic studies or a Ph.D. dissertation that he did. It was not the fruits of initiation into a special cult or mystery religion. It was not even because Paul was especially good or even special. It was nothing short of the power of God in all its rich variety that showed up in Paul's life. And this power was a great light. He writes about a light so powerful that it could make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Gentiles have for almost 2,000 years forgotten that they were the ones grafted into the branch, forgotten that they were made co-heirs when they had no promise at all of inheritance. Forgotten that they were the ones who were welcomed as strangers by Jews. And it is easy to forget until we read the New Testament that it is the Gentiles who are like the strange magi from the east approaching the manger by special invitation. Jesus is not our possession. God has adopted us into God's family. That's the big mystery. And it is revealed. And we know now that all that threatens to divide us has been made one in Christ Jesus. So how do we get that message to a dark and dying world? Well, Paul writes in Ephesians, and he believed with his whole heart that it was in the church that we make the light manifest to the world. He says that in verse 10 of chapter 3. He says that so that through the church, the wisdom of God and its rich variety might now be made known. And friends, in a time of growing anti-Semitism, it is time for the church to look with fresh eyes on how we are to bring the light of Christ to a darkened world. So how might we do that? With so much anti-Semitism in the news, I was reminded of a story that I learned about Northside Drive shortly after I came here as associate pastor. One of my summer projects was reading through all the back issues of our newsletter, The Pinnacle. And yes, I read them all. Has anyone read them all? But you find these gems, the story that I found from 1980, I was two years old. We were still part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Bailey Smith was the president of the SBC. Oh, Steve Sheely's sign. <laughs> Lord have mercy, I should have given a trigger warning. I apologize, I'll do that next time. Bailey was caught on tape criticizing the practice of people of different faiths praying at political events. And interestingly, his criticism was not about separation of church and state, which we at Northside embrace. It was that God, he said, doesn't hear the prayers of non-Christians. His exact line was, God Almighty does not hear the prayer of a Jew. And the diaconate of Northside Drive Baptist Church responded with an open letter. And it's a great letter. I encourage you to read it. I can send you an electronic copy if you're interested. But I'll read you an excerpt. The diaconate said, back in 1980, we feel that our current age is ensnared in a plethora of crucial concerns and issues 
that threaten to eradicate or severely encumber effective and creative life in the human family. Written in 1980, couldn't that have been written this morning? In that light, all religions, the document said, with common humanitarian interests ought properly to join hands at some point to alleviate suffering, injustice, hunger, and oppression. We dare not say to another religion, we don't need you. And so the document said to the president of the SBC, your statement about the Jews carries the impression that there is no basis for mutual religious endeavor. But the document said there is. What a stand to take in 1980, 39 years ago, and it could have been written this morning. It leaps off the page. They haven't even begun to think about climate change yet, or whatever else we're worried about this morning. Yet they wrote that there were crucial concerns and issues that threatened to eradicate or severely encumber effective and creative life in the human family. Wow. True then, true now. And I'm proud to be part of a church where the diaconate responded to such small-minded thinking by taking a stand for our Jewish neighbors. In doing so, you showed the light of Christ to the world. You understand that is exactly what Paul is preaching about in Ephesians. That the dividing line, the wall of hostility between Jew and Gentile had been eradicated in Christ Jesus. So our inclusivity reveals Christ's presence. The church, therefore, has great resources to show Christ's light to our community. So yes, it is 2020, and there is much to wring our hands about. We could spend all day in anxious fear. But as Australia burns, how are we called to be more than naysayers and prophets of gloom? I believe it begins by acknowledging with Paul that God has already acted to unify the world, that the dividing wall has been broken down. So we cannot remain cynical and we cannot remain passive. We must seek new relationships and new practices which show the light of Christ to the world. We must seek to do the little that we can rather than despair because we cannot fix everything. And as we continue to grow into our vision, we bring light to the world. I believe when we join hands with our Jewish neighbors down the street at Ahavath Akim Synagogue, we bring light to the world. When we show them that we care that Jews are being attacked and harassed around the world, we bring light to the world. When we partner with Urban Recipe to help feed Atlanta's hungry, we bring light to the world. And when we begin to cultivate new ways of using our building and our incredible resources for the good of the kingdom, we bring light to the world. Epiphany is here. Christ is here. The light that makes everything and everyone see, that is so bright that no smog or pollution or war or violence can snuff it out, is here. And in a few moments... We'll celebrate communion at the table. And this passage of Ephesians ends with Paul writing that it is through Jesus that we can have access to God. In boldness and confidence through faith in him, we may be in communion with the living God. No war, no fire, no gloom, no doom can stop communion.
Can I get an amen? Amen. Pray with me. And so, God, we confess that we have been limited by our small imagination. We need fresh thinking. We need epiphany. And we desire nothing less than Christ manifest in this community and in our lives. So come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. know Jessie Bruno. She's been worshiping with us for quite some time, and she has come forward seeking membership in Northside Drive Baptist Church. Let me tell you a little bit about Jessie. 
she came to us originally through a mutual friend, Allison, formerly Allison Rowland, now Allison Bell, a friend of Allison's, and she's been worshiping with us uh, for at least a year. Uh, in spiritual time, it seems longer than that, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, you are a, an employee of Georgia's Department of Early Care and Learning and a native of Georgia, and you grew up in the United Methodist Congregation. Jesse attended Mount Pisgah UMC in Roswell, Georgia, and she comes to us this morning seeking membership. Now, we have a, a thing that we say to new members, a special initiation, okay? Now, normally we have it printed for people to read, but we don't have it this morning, so I'm going to say it as a proxy for the congregation, and at the end, we'll all welcome you, okay? Jesse, as members of Northside Drive Baptist Church, we welcome you as you join us in this adventure of faith and faithful community. We offer you our love, our history, and our hope, and we value your story of faith and invite you to serve with us as stewards of God's grace. And now, congregation, if you join in welcoming Jesse, our church, if you just lift your hand and say, welcome. Welcome. You are indeed welcome. And you may return to your seat. Thank you so much. What a delight. And I hope you get to know Jesse in the days that come. At the end of the service, you'll have an opportunity to greet her in the narthex where our chair of deacons, Beth Laxon, will be with her for a greeting. I want to bring a few concerns and celebrations uh, to your attention this morning. Um, first, let's start with a celebration, should we? We've had enough bad news, let's have a celebration. A new grandbaby in the congregation, many of you know about, to, born to Dave and Kathy Wooten. Uh, January 2, Kathy's son William, High and daughter-in-law Hannah gave birth to Penelope Ledgerton High. And she weighed six pounds, seven ounces, ladies and gentlemen. And here is a direct report from the grandmother. Kathy says, they didn't quite make it to the birthing center in time. And she was born in the car, parked right outside the birthing center. Now, apparently, this is a long family tradition, isn't it, Kathy? <laughs> you have to ask Kathy about that. I don't, I don't know if that's protected by a non-disclosure agreement. Both she and Penelope are doing great, and they're already home, despite being born in a car. Hallelujah! We rejoice with you. What, what fresh light that is for 2020, indeed. We rejoice with you. The concerns, uh, I want to mention by name Nancy Davis. Um, I'm going to make plans to visit her and bring communion uh, to her uh, this week, and I'll be bringing the prayers of the congregation with you. If you have anything special you'd like me to tell her, Whisper in my ear as you leave the service today. Also, a couple of announcements. Um, uh, I want to make known in the theme of our, our solidarity with our Jewish friends, there's an event tomorrow night uh, at 7.30 in Sandy Springs. Allegedly 1,200 people in attendance, a big group of solidarity for the Jewish community. And they, they're asking you to register um, solely for purposes of security, okay? And information about that is on, uh, on a piece of paper in the narthex. So if you're interested, check that out. I'm going to try to attend tomorrow night at 7.30. Uh, and the location and time and other details are there in the narthex, or you can see me. So I wanted you to know about that. Let's continue our worship, our worship in Epiphany with singing by our staff ensemble.
At this time, we'll observe the service of Holy Communion, and we will take communion seated in the pews this morning. The words for communion are printed as an insert inside your order of service, and all are invited to participate. We'll begin with reading the Sursum Corda that's printed in your order. The peace of Christ be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, mighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with all the company of heaven, who forever proclaim the glory of your name, singing... Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full, full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest. I ask to see you comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. You may be seated. On the night of Jesus' suffering and death, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. We celebrate the memorial of Christ's redeeming gift, O God, through this meal that speaks of both sacrifice and thanksgiving. Recalling Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection, we celebrate these holy mysteries. Sanctify us and your entire church that we may remain faithful in love and hope as we follow Jesus Christ, our Lord. And hear us, O God, as we join together in praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 
the gifts of God for the people of God. All of God's people are welcome at this table. So take these gifts in remembrance that Christ died and was raised. Therefore, let us come to the table in thanksgiving and hope. Jesus, Lamb of God, have mercy on us. Jesus, Lamb of our sins, have mercy on us. Jesus, Redeemer, your peace give us your said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
As Jesus said, this cup is the covenant, the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us stand for prayer. Almighty God, we give you thanks for having refreshed us at your table. As we have celebrated the presence of Christ, Deepen our faith, increase our love for one another, and send us forth into the world in strength and in peace, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus the Christ, amen.
visit with our newest member, Jesse Bruno, in the narthex. And what a song to send us out into Epiphany, wasn't it? So depart now in the fellowship of God the Father. And as you go, remember, in the goodness of God, you were born into this world. By the grace of God, you have been kept all the day long, even until this hour. And by the love of God, fully redeemed in the face of Jesus, you are being redeemed. Amen.